Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Um, first of all, just tell us a wee bit about yourself, uh, your background and how you came to Lanarkshire Community Foods. Yeah, um, so obviously my name is Claire Mooney and I am a public health nutritionist. I graduated in 2014 and I was really lucky to go into various uh, kind of nutrition work and um, one being at school meals which then led to me um, being successful with a position at Lancashire Community Foods. Uh, I've done various roles from a development worker to project coordinator and um, to my current position which is more of a project manager so I've kind of uh, worked in various projects and got experience from working from children and families, older people um, and people with long-term conditions is as well. Great and I, I suppose you mentioned a bit about that, that the other different kind of groups that you work with. Um, so how does Lanarkshire Community Foods kind of normally operate then? Uh, what, what, what do they do essentially? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So we do a kind of whole host of different um, kind of uh, training. So training for volunteers, um, essentially, if you're thinking about older people, the majority of one that we do is um, training rehas, um, eat well for older people. So we do that training element and as, as well as um, ensuring we get food parcels to a range of people within the community, in particular over COVID um, times. Um, other kind of services that we offer are kind of nutrition services, and that's looking at promoting um, a good nutrition for all ages, and um, and how we actually teach that is by delivering cooking courses. So it's more practical and then we find that really beneficial and also people are getting a, a hot meal to take home with them as well. Uh, within that branch of um, cooking, healthy cooking classes, we always look at tailored ones. So say, for example, if, um, say a group of older people maybe need to increase their calories. We look at food fortification and how to do that through food. So food first and um, talk about a uh, good nutrition is as well and um, we look at health and well-being courses and that is just similar to what we do but we're looking at it a wee bit more holistic so um, physical activity and um, we're also looking at different aspects of mental health so perhaps breathing exercises or um, linking into other kind of partner organisations to make sure that people are well supported. Yes, it sounds like a lovely combination of kind of classes and activities where, you know, food is probably quite predominant, I imagine, for you guys, but yeah. also it's it's connected with everything else. It's also to do with mental health and physical health as well. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's all together. It works all together, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we always say that, you know, like, um, particularly with the physical activity, um, a lot, because we work with our partners, sometimes it could be, a barrier to go to a physical activity class because um, it could be confidence um, for going there for the first time or it could be energy levels really tired and this is where the diet and the nutrition really comes in so eating better can give you more energy um, and also confidence to access these courses because when I say confidence we do a taster session within these so this 
the kind of the fear of the unknown is reduced and then that kind of links into more mainstream services within the community as well. Yeah, that's brilliant. And do you find that offering the taster sessions, you get a better sign-up rate to the full courses? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think it's, um, we try and like aim for a one-stop shop, if you like. Um, So people are getting, um, obviously our bread and butter, excuse the pun, is nutrition and food. But because we're given a platform, um, where people can try different various um, different techniques or different classes that it, it makes it quite more endearing for the sign up but equally majority of our courses are all co-designed so we are, we do an engagement session we usually call it a never and an after session that we would have done out in the community where you are having that social input around foods um, and just having a chat, what, what would you like to learn from the course? What, what, what's, uh, is there any barriers to, to cooking or health eating or for yourself? And we look at that um, and we try and put something together that is going to help support the people attending that course. So um, no course is the same, if you like, because the people are always changing. But uh, we do have like a, a framework that we work uh, towards to make sure that obviously we're um, meeting our outcomes and, and supporting carers and older people in the best way possible. Yep. Great to hear that you, you tailor the classes as well for folk. That's a brilliant way of doing things. And have you found that maybe with older people in particular that there's kind of certain specifications that they prefer for classes? Yeah, I mean, I think for working um, historically, when I think about it, some of the barriers that come up um, are motivation to cook for oneself if they're doing one pot dishes, you know. So that that is one that comes up. Um, arthritis or any mobility issues. So standing for a long period or just stuff that maybe other people take for granted, like cutting a carrot. That can be really challenging if you've got arthritis in your hands. So what we tend to look at if that was the case um so slow cookers are fantastic and you can get the slow cookers in the smaller ones it doesn't need to be the the massive family kind of portion size so that is one that we've we've uh, continuously filtered in to um come into the course so we'll do slow cooking recipes and they'll get their slow cooker in week one and that and that helps with engagement um, as well and the motivation see by coming to a course and just and engaging with each other um, reduces that kind of social isolation but equally just gives you a wee boost um, as well to cook more and even delivering it myself you know sometimes I, I cook and I thought I probably wouldn't have tried that but that was a really good recipe and, um, and it's something I take home as well so it's not just about um, the people that attend it's also you're learning constantly delivering as well. Yeah, and I, I, I do relate when you said it's, it's something we hear very often at Food Train about, it's the motivation for yeah. cooking, especially older people maybe on their own. And 
often we hear can't be bothered cooking or what's the point and you're right it's when you get into a nice social environment and um you know there's that engaging that interest as well it can make such a huge difference uh, for another person and slow cookers are fantastic um we've done a couple of projects with that kind of thing before and we actually mentioned it in an earlier podcast where some of the people using the slow cookers they said just even the smell throughout the day completely uh -huh. stimulated their appetite and it's just wee yeah. things like that that you don't often think about which yeah. um are, are just brilliant with these wee projects uh-huh yeah. I, I can always remember um i was uh, i delivered a course and it was a group of um, older ladies and they said you know i know this but it's really nice to be remembered uh do you know and it was just so we were talking about fruit and vegetables and meeting five a day and um, just cooking as, as well. But it is like that, you know, you, you get on the hamster wheel, if you like, and you just, you forget to stop and pause, you know? And so, yeah, our courses definitely echo that as well. So at Lancashire Community Food as well, you guys received a grant from our Small Ideas Big Impact Fund as well. Why did you first apply? Well, we were already doing work with older people and volunteers um, and also some staff as well, um, like fitness coaches that delivered uh, like, um, falls prevention uh, as well. So we thought, um, how could we bring everything that we're doing together? And, and also we were delivering some work at the Maggie Centre that was predominantly that... Um, older people and carers. It's not always, you know, so people from all ages that go to the Maggie's, but there was a particular group um, called the Head and Neck Group. So they, they, they were a constituted group um, and basically either someone um, had head or neck cancer and was either going through treatment or was in the post-recovery stage. And it was a group of um, wives, husbands, carers, um, and also the people that had experienced um, this disease. Uh, so we were doing bits of pockets of work and we thought, would it not be good to try and utilise funding and match funding and put this together and create a project that's solely focused on older people? Um, so after some consultations with uh, the Community Solutions Programme, and also Maggie's um, is as well and my manager, we considered uh, applying for the funding because that would just help make something um, more robust as well and to reach, most importantly, reach more um, people. Yeah, and we were absolutely delighted to be able to give you some funds in order to help the project. Um, so what, what did the grant enable you to do then? And what was your project called actually as well? We, we just actually, we kept it kind of straightforward. We just called it North Lanarkshire Eats Well, Age Well. It's a good title. <laughs> it's a good title. <laughs> so that's um, what we've done. And uh, as I said, it, because we had these pockets of funding, uh, so we got we had some funding from Community Solutions, which is part of the Health and Social Care Partnership. Um, we also had some money that it came from, I think it was like Life After Cancer, so it was Macmillan funding, so a small amount from, from there. And also the Maggie Centre um, in Airdrie had also put a small amount of funding in uh, as well. So with all the different organisations, we just thought it would be good to, to um, 
call it a North Lanarkshire age whale uh, because it was that small amount of funding that helped utilise the the final project, if you like. And and what did it involve then? What was the next stage, or or did or did COVID get in the way of any of that? Uh, yeah. How much were you able to do? We were quite um, lucky because it kind of the funding for us it kind of finished just before COVID. We had a few um, courses to do, but we were able to do them online, and uh, so that wasn't affected too much. Um, I mean, predominantly we focused on the, there was a textured diet and nutritious cooking course. Um, there was a training element to it as well, which was using rehas the, um, that's focused on um, older people's nutrition um, and then other mainstream courses, which were health eating courses. So luckily we had actually completed a lot of that work and particularly the texture diet one that was done at the Maggie Centre um, and the results from that were really, really good um, as well. Yeah, so I imagine, um, I've not actually really done one of those courses before, but imagine if it was for people that have, um, you know, experienced, you said, head and neck cancer, that um, that would require quite a lot of mod modification to their diet. What kind of things were you doing in the courses? Well, um, so first of all, the, the people that attended the course, they were all kind of post-treatment um, and we linked in with the, the clinical team. So the speech and language therapist, the specialised nurse, um, and also the dietitians as well, seeing uh, the, the participants that have been attending the group were keen to do a nutrition course, but with the focus of it being a textured diet. And it was really important that we got their kind of buy-in and also their support um, as well because uh, they're obviously the experts in their field. And how that kind of went about in terms of delivery um, level is everybody that attended that was on all different textures, which made it really quite challenging. So you had, for example, somebody could be in a, a smooth texture and they had to be not so much liquid, but it'd be liquid with a texture. Um, so they had from that and then where other people could eat as normal, however, they would always have to have a drink of water with them or they would, they would need a sauce to get the, um, maybe if it was a piece of meat that's a bit drier than the normal um, down. And the slow cookers came in really, really handy there because if you're cooking with a slow cooker, um, meat tends to be softer, there's more juices and, and whatnot um, and various um, participants did have issues like with arthritis in the hands as well. So that the course content was uh, predominantly looking at the nutrition, the texture, although I wasn't prescribing a texture, but we were saying, you're on this diet, let's make it more nutritionist by food fortification. And that means just adding, um, say, for example, milk powder or cheese or whole milk um, or more fruits and vegetables to certain products um, ensuring there was no risk of choking to different meals to make it more palliative and uh, nutrition based.
Yeah, uh, and yeah, oh, that's a lot of advice we give out at Eat Well, Age Well as well for anyone that could be at risk of being um, undernourished or underweight. It's all about the food first advice to get getting extra calories and protein. I was just wondering there, one, I don't know if you would know the answer, but is there a kind of risk if someone maybe has um, gone through that disease, particularly if they need a texture modified diet, is there a risk of people maybe becoming underweight or maybe not eating enough if it is becoming more difficult for them? Yes, there is a risk, um, but luckily in the NHS, I mean, the clinical team that we worked with were absolutely amazing. They're, um, they're very well supported. So you often, uh, the participants that came to my course, all of them had seen a dietitian, all of them had seen a speech and language therapist, or, or were still having inputs from the consultant or um, a specialised nurse. So they were kind of well looked after in that respect. I'm not saying that nobody gets missed at all, but um, the people certainly that I worked with, it, the course was to enhance um, the support that they were already receiving. And it was good in the, the sense because when you, earlier on we spoke about motivation to cook um, and a lot of the people, let's say, for example, it might have been someone that didn't cook in the house is now cooking. So we were upskilling that person um, to cook from themselves, but also help cook and make a texture diet a bit more nutritious and presentable. Um, a lot of the time people would report saying that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about eating out socially again because either I'm coughing or I'm scared that I'm going to choke or and be embarrassed or even even requesting a meal to be in a soft texture um, from a restaurant was was quite um, a challenge for people to, to request um, as well. So the course in a nutshell um, helped build confidence in that because they were doing it for eight weeks as a group. And what came out of the results were that they were more confident um, about eating as a group and then also eating, um, eating out. And not only that, their, their knowledge had improved around nutrition as well. Yeah, I was actually about to ask what the response was from the older people you were working with, but that sounds fantastic as it is about, it just sounds really empowering that people felt much more confident, they could cook at home, it just sounds a lot more enthusiastic about yeah. it because I could imagine going through something like that that food could become quite unappealing mm -hmm. um so that's it's great to know there's lots of support out there to help um you know people in that kind of circumstance with uh, being able to stay nourished as well um so what what were the things do you feel went well uh with the project or what went the best what did you enjoy I think uh, just co-designing the program um, with the participants that they were from the, the head and neck group. It, it was really um, amazing just to hear their stories um, and also uh, I just really enjoyed working with them. They were extremely passionate about food and, uh, and just eager, just loved life, you know. So um, I think that went really well. For me, I, I enjoyed um, working with the older people in terms of the actually what went well because we didn't know because it's the first time we ever done this course and I never anticipated it to be so successful because I, I didn't know because obviously there's a lot of safety uh, um, 
kind of guidelines that we had to comply with um, ensure, to ensure that we could go ahead. Um, but the results were outstanding for the participants that attended. And I would, we would love to do another one. Um, but how we do that virtually, I'm not too sure. I've not figured that one out yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we might be getting back to a bit of normality. Yeah. We might be able to do that again. Um, and was there any parts that maybe didn't go so well or was there any particular challenges that you had with the project? I think um, initially, see, just trying to get the, the funding and from different um, funders and trying to put it together. Um, it wasn't a, a mega challenge, but it was still took a bit more work. Um, equally, when we were doing, because we were stepping away from mainstream healthy cooking classes into a kind of more focused area of textured diet and nutritious cooking, it was different from what we delivered before. So what that meant was there was learning in our parts that had to be reviewed. Um, so a skill set, so we got a diet chef in, to, to train us in how to present the diet in a better way. So for example, um, if you think about mashed potatoes and stuff like that, you can pipe that onto a plate um, as well and it makes it look a bit more prettier or um, food moulds and stuff like that. So there's a way to present it. So there was a bit of tra training element. Uh, probably the next one would be the buy-in, the buy-in from the clinical team as well, because these were new relationships we had to form. And obviously they, they had reservations at certain parts and really linking back to the safety element of it. Um, but once we got past that, it, it kind of it went smoothly, but it's a case of um, being determined and being the power of the pest. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, I think everyone that works in third sector knows that it's always such a challenge with funding and getting through that red tape as well. Mm -hmm. And it's just trying to get that first past those barriers. Because um, I think if people working in third sector know that this could work really well. It's like they uh -huh. can already visualise the results, but it's getting through uh, all the sort of rigmarole to get in there. Yeah. Um, do you feel now that if you were to do the course again, it would be easier to do now that you've got the feedback and the evidence to say this was so successful? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we made a short video as well, because, um, you know, you can look at a report and it doesn't really demonstrate the impact and what the of doing a short video um, as well. So I think if we were to do it again, it would be much more smoother because it was good outcomes uh, for the participants that attended. Yeah, and it's a great video as well. Um, and I, I totally agree. I think the power of video is, is much more interesting and engaging for yeah. people. And I, that's what I did before all the pandemic stuff kicked off was going out to visit our projects yeah. and film and make wee videos just to show and get the real life experience and go, look, this is it visual. Like yeah. it's, it's just so much more powerful. Yeah, um, but yeah, so I think where, whereabouts is the video? On, it's on YouTube. Is that right? How can yeah, people find have it? have a YouTube um, channel. Uh, that we have, we've got a few different videos um, on there uh, as well. So if anybody wanted to access, they would just basically Google Lunch Community Food and Health Partnership YouTube channel and it should take you 
through all the, the different videos. Yeah, because there's some great testimonials from the people that did the course and things, and you can see directly the impact that it had. And yeah, yeah it's a really good watch. So I highly recommend for people to go and find it on YouTube. Yeah, I, I think as well, one of the earlier questions you said to me about um, my favourite moments, the, the head and neck group, it really just made me reflect on what's important as well because it's such a resilient and compassionate group and also when I seen the level of care that they received and the check-in from the Maggie Centre and the specialist teams you know we're really really lucky to have such um, amazing people but also um, to have an NHS as well I think that did kind of emphasise that when I was working on this yeah. particular project. Yeah, absolutely. And and what are your kind of hopes then for the future now with uh, Lancashire Community Foods? And because I know obviously we're still trying to come out of the pandemic and things, but what, what are your hopes for the future there? Uh, well, we're in the, the process of actually creating a health and wellbeing course me, for our older people. Um, so that uh, is going to be focused on healthy cooking. Um, as well, physical activity taster sessions and using the Life Curve app. So we're looking at delivering two eight-week courses, um, probably this year and maybe one next year, um, and looking at that. And I think the biggest barrier, not for everyone, is the IT skills or having uh, access to, to, um, to be a part of these courses. So we're linking in with digital inclusion as well. And I know there's some, like the voice of experience that we work closely with, they have a training budget and they've got some tablets. So we're looking at ways how to get the devices to older people so they can take part in this course if they wish. Um, and it's been a bit creative as well, like looking at physical activities. Some people think, oh, I need to go and running or I need to go to the gym and it doesn't need to be I mean there's um I think it's body boosting bingo yes like that. fabulous <laughs> <laughs> I will always uh, go on about body boosting bingo it's so good yeah so it's, it's, I think it's just looking at it and making something fun so that they're not necessarily thinking oh gosh I'm doing this activity and do you know the benefit um of like you know eating well and being active you know it's really important that we preserve our muscle tissues because obviously that prevents falls later in life and particularly older people are more at risk of that as we age I mean we say it starts deteriorating um, in our in our, our 50s our muscle tissue um, but it goes back to if you don't don't use it you lose it <laughs> yeah no absolutely and as it's kind of what we said at the beginning as well it all works together it's like yeah, yeah. you can eat the right things but you know doing that bit of exercise and, and doing something that you enjoy and it's not a chore I'm a big sort of advocate of that because I think if you're doing something and you resent it then it's the wrong thing <laughs> find something that you enjoy but it all works together because you do uh -huh. need the muscle mass as you age as well that's brilliant Claire I think is there any other kind of wee anecdotes or anything you feel you would like to mention but just really really loved um working with the older people and their their spouses and and family you know it was like such a, a an amazing experience um, for myself and I think it will stay with me the rest of my working life you know so um I don't think I've got anything else to add other than I, I enjoyed delivering 
this project. Yeah, it just sounds, you can hear how like rewarding that it's been, uh, which is just really, really lovely to hear. Um, and finally, just where, where can we find you, Lanarkshire Community Foods? Uh, I'll give you a wee opportunity to plug your socials. Where can people find you, learn more about you? Yeah, um, so we have a Twitter account and my manager keeps that up to date. So what we're, what kind of project work that we're, we're doing, because... As I said, we can do everything from children and families right up to older people, um, supporting them. And we have um, a web page as well. So again, if you Google Lancashire Community Foods, you will it will take you to to that, and then and that will show you like a list of the different projects and work that we're involved in. Uh, we also have our YouTube channel as well. Thank you, Claire. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you today and find out more about your work at Lancashire Community Foods and the Texture Diet Programme as well. It just sounds like such a rewarding experience and such a valuable project that you've done. Um, so just thank you so much for telling us a bit more about it. No, thank you for having me on. That's great. I really appreciate that. Thank you.